Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life podcast. ISI stands for Iron Sharpens Iron, which comes from Proverbs 27:17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. What we're trying to do is help people do things God's way. We focus on five Fs, faith, family, faculty, finance, and fitness, and really how you can put faith at the center and live out a faith-filled life within your family, within your faculty, within your finances, and within your fitness to achieve all that God has designed for you. So that's what we're doing. Uh, This podcast really helps us connect with guests uh, who have spoke at one of our 24-hour retreats that we do twice a year in all the cities that we're in. And one of the things I think is great is to reference um, the verse Ecclesiastes 10.10, which is, if the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but wisdom helps one to succeed. And that's what we're doing with the podcast. We're talking to people who spoke at the retreat and trying to capture capture their wisdom, their knowledge, uh, kind of the, the meat of their presentation. If you weren't able to make it, that you can still connect with these awesome people who are so fortunate to share, you know, their life's work or their wisdom with us and help us stay sharp. So on today's episode, we have Brent Long. Brent is, I'm excited for this conversation. I think you will all enjoy it. Uh, the title of his talk was Becoming in Practice who we are in position. Brent is a business and sales coach with over 30 years of experience. He founded Long On Life in the early 1990s to wake people up to their true potential in life and business. And his desire and passion is to see the marketplace transformed by the practical power and wisdom of Jesus. So there you go. Uh, we're going to reference a lot of stuff and there's a lot of scripture and follow-up questions that we all post on our website, which is the isilife.com. So if you head over to there, you can catch more, more things uh, from Brent, uh, questions, scriptures that we'll reference throughout. So you don't have to worry about taking notes or jotting things down. It'll all be over there. Uh, and while you're on the website, you can check out all the other free things we have to help you stay sharp along your journey and make sure to check out, uh, things for your city, the upcoming retreats. We have two per year per city. They're powerful. They sell out. They're about 25 to 30 people each. Uh, so if that's something that you are able to swing or make a priority in your life, we'd love to have you there and experience one of our 24 hour retreats. So without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Brent. Brent, it is great to have you on the ISI Life podcast. I'm I'm super excited for our conversation today. So thanks for being on. Absolutely, Nick. Thanks for inviting me in. This is going to be a good one. Um, you know, the title of your talk was "Becoming in Practice: Who You Are in Position." I'm excited to get to that and have you share some of your wisdom uh, from your experience on that. But before we get into that, give us a little background on your upbringing, your background, and kind of a little bit more about who you are. Sure. Thanks. Yeah, I, I grew up on a farm, uh, northwest Ohio, up north of Lima. So if nothing else, I understand dirt. Uh, I learned a lot about dirt when I was growing up. Um, and uh, the, th- the probably the three things that I learned how to do very well growing up was work hard, play hard, and eat hard. Um, <laughs> but uh, my father, one of the things that my father taught me uh, I grew up very in what was considered old German Baptist. It's very confusing. It looks like the Men- old Mennonite or looks like Amish, but it's not. But that's how I grew up. And okay. so my father taught me that everything practical was contained in the spiritual. So everything that is practical to us has already been considered and it, it's contained in the spiritual and that we don't separate the, the practical from the spiritual. We don't over theorize or over spiritualize something in order for us to think that it's practical. 
And uh, that stuck with me for my entire life. That's awesome. That's great. Yep. So you're Northwest Lima, Ohio, mm-hmm. and learning a lot about dirt on the farm. Yes. And bringing us up to current state. What are What are you up to now? What's occupying your energy? Ah, well, thanks. By the grace of God, I the last thirty years I have been in. Uh, corporate America uh, with my own business. Um, and I am a coach. I, I develop people and I help grow people so that those people can grow organizations. Um, two years ago, uh, my wife and I fulfilled a, a vision. I believe that God gave me 22 years ago, started working wow. on a vision 22 years ago. And two years ago, I moved on to that vision. And that's a 32 acre property that we are utilizing and stewarding to serve others and give them a place to rest, reconnect with the Lord, a place of a retreat, a revision, a refocus. It's like, to me, it's like my background in coaching football and playing football. It's like an opportunity for somebody to get a strategic timeout before they're sent Mm -hmm. back on the court to perform at a very high level. So that kind of occupies my time and uh, my energies and when I'm out when I'm out on the property thinking about my my kids or my clients or my wife or my family or you know mm-hmm. anybody I, I smile a lot because I know this is what God made me to do that's awesome sounds like a great place for a future ISI retreat oh it'd be great we got a we got a little shelter house here that can seat almost 90 people so I mean I mean Ooh. we could probably put away quite a few pancakes in that place all right. <laughs> Now we're talking. Yeah. This is good. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, developing people, growing people, giving them a chance to get away. I mean, that's that's a big part of uh, really what we think is the secret sauce of ISI is, you know, the podcast is, is one element, mm-hmm. but really it's coming to a 24-hour retreat and giving yourself that space to, you know, disconnect for 24 hours. Yep. It's not a long time from, you know, all the responsibilities, all the things you have going on and just really calibrate, connect with God, connect with other people, fellowship, uh, be inspired by others and, you know, come away a better version of yourself. It's so good. Yeah. It's so so good. That's awesome. Well, I I was, so I grew up from a coaching perspective. I was an athlete and then I tried to play football at high state that did not go as well as I had hoped, but Hey, um, all that said, I coached football for a long time. And there's one thing that I've always implemented in my coaching world is you can't coach somebody who's sitting still. Yeah, <laughs> just, it's just not possible. You can't coach a person in the marketplace who's sitting still. You can't coach an athlete who's sitting still. You either got to be up and putting forth effort or there's no coaching that will help you. Oh, that's awesome. I will gladly uh, copy that for future use. Thank sure. you very much. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So the talk, you know, and you spoke at our most recent Columbus retreat. So thanks for doing that. Mm-hmm. And I had great, all the guys had great things to say about it. Um, that's one of the coolest things about this is, is we get connected to all these amazing people who have really cool backgrounds. You know, you being, having a coaching background, currently coaching, uh, sharing. And so your title of your talk was becoming in practice who you are in position. So, um, maybe as we get into that a little bit, I just maybe sharing, you know, your testimony of, of trusting God, uh, with your gifts and talents. Uh, let's go there first and then we can kind of go into more of your talk. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, again, farm kid, um, knew that I was going to leave the farm, knew that I was going to move away, knew that I was probably never coming back to the farm in its current condition. Uh, I was driven, um, highly competitive, very driven. And I was going to go play football in college. I was the only one in my family to ever go to college. I was going there to play football. 
Mm. Um, by the grace of God, I uh, broke my spine. Oh. Um, and long story short, I had um, a major, major, major spine surgery my freshman in college. I was relegated to stare at a ceiling for six months as a 19-year-old former athlete who looked like I could step on the field and play at a very high level, but I had no spine. Um, So four and a half months into that, I decided when my parents were gone one day that I'm getting out of bed and I'm going to take matters under my own control and I'm going to fix this. (laughs) So the very day, the very day that I got out of bed, I got hit by a car as a pedestrian. What? So I had a metal brace above my knee that went up under my arms and I put that on and I got out of bed and I left the house with some of my buddies and I went to a small little place uh, close to where I grew up on the farm that it was having some canoe races and that day and I got hit by a car. I was standing on a corner of a sidewalk and a car turned a corner pulling a trailer. Trailer hit me. So surgery number two was scheduled a year later, my sophomore year in college. And that's when I developed a bad attitude and completely lost my identity. Wow. I forgot who I was. I took matters into my own hands. I became my own God. And I, I, I reformed my body physically to do what I wanted it to do. And I had this huge hole in my lower spine from breaking it that never got to heal. What? Three years later, the football program at Ohio State did my third back surgery. That was 1988. Oh, my gosh. My identity had had still not returned. I still thought I was going to play. In fact, after my third back surgery, I played full contact football with no pads on against people at Ohio State um, and was actually really good. But I just didn't have a spine. So I tell people there's two reasons I never played football at Ohio State. One, I didn't have enough talent. And two, two I didn't have enough spine. So oh that's kind of my joke. But oh anyway, um, fast forward, graduate from Ohio State. I'm invo- involved in the sports marketing, sports management world. And I am about as frustrated as a young man can be. I am way behind in my life goals. I did not get to play football. My identity is gone. I'm, I'm in church all the time, but none of this is making sense anymore. I completely walked away and I went out for a walk April of 1990 in Columbus, Ohio, on a night that it happened to be snowing in April, Hmm. bought myself an ice cream cone, walked for an hour and a half. And when I came back from that walk, I was on my knees in my apartment, asking the Lord to change my life, asking Hmm. the Lord to to take over whoever I was supposed to be. I'd spent... I'd spent up to that point, I'd spent four different surgeries. And after those surgeries, I spent months staring at a ceiling, wrestling with God. And it took that much time for him to arrest my heart and start to rebuild my identity as a human being, as a man. Mm. Wow. Sounds like full surrender, huh? Uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's the best. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Hmm. But God started to restore who I was, who I am, who I will be in that moment and started to replace my identity with who he had created me to be. And, uh, you know, interestingly enough, now I'm, I'm much older than that now. And I'm able to do things with my body that everybody took. My doctors all told me I would never be able to do. But that's because God is a much better physician than they are. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. 
That is awesome. And so, and now, um, it seems like you have a, a deep passion for helping others find their talents, find their gifting, just like you did. Absolutely. I, I, I personally believe that one of the biggest challenges as it, as it relates to performance in the marketplace or performance just in general, performance anywhere, one of the biggest challenges that we face is there are way too many people who have walked away from their identity. They don't know their identity. They're not in touch with their identity. They don't even know who they are. So they have to go out into the marketplace or into their jobs and they have to act, act like somebody that they're not. And they struggle to perform what I would say, according to the glory of God, they struggle to perform because they don't know who they are. Hmm. They don't know who they were created to be. They've never they've never been set apart yeah. unto the calling to Christ to understand that he has an assignment for them. Hmm. How can they if they're, if they're in that position? I'm sure there's every you know, lots of people who are in that position. How how do you you know, what advice would you have for someone to kind of break free from that and discover what? your identity is in God or in Christ? Yeah, great question. Um, to answer that, I'll tell you a real brief story. So I have a mentor that recently passed away. He was a mentor, spiritual father to me for 23 years. About four years ago, I walked into his office one day and he said, well, you ready to write the book? And I said, what book? And he said, the book on identity. <laughs> um, and I said, I don't need to write a book on identity. The Bible's already written. He says, well, that's what I'm talking about. I want you to take the passages of scripture that have spoken to you and I want you to write it into a devotional, into a book. So- wow. 30 days later, I had a, I had a 30 day devotional written. It's 35, 36 passages of scripture in the new Testament that literally speaks directly to the identity of a person like Matthew five thirteen. you are salt, mm. you are light. These are pronunciations of the Lord already in his word. Do we know what salt does? Salt has a value. It has a purpose. It has a, it, it does stuff. Okay. Well, if I understand what salt is, then I have to ask, is a part of my identity salty? Am I flavoring my community? Am I preserving somebody's life? Am I scrubbing with abrasiveness some against somebody to help them get better and help me get better at what we do? Yeah. And so that's my counsel is it, it's not my counsel. My counsel is have you read the scriptures? Have you read this passage of scripture and how are you going to apply it? Because I guarantee it's already practical. It's not mm. just spiritual, it's practical. It's mm. awesome. So then that's kind of how it works for me. I, I can't explain some of this, Nick. I can't explain how this happens yeah. sometimes. I'm just telling you that, that, that there's a part of me, whatever, that understands the practical, the, the practical application of this passages of scripture that speak directly to the identity of somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And you gave some great ones um, at the ISI retreat that we'll put in the show notes. Uh, you had a lot of scripture references in the workbook and we'll, we'll put on there if anybody wants to to check out some of those and read through, you know, on their own mm -hmm. and, and see, you know, what they mean to them as they go through them on their own. But, um, and I think a lot of what you're talking about is getting to, you know, the main uh, topic or the title of your talk, becoming in practice who you are in position. So, Let's, let's go to, let's go to that. Cause yeah. I think there's some really powerful things there as, as you think about, um, you know, how that applies in, in our everyday life. Sure. Sure. All right. So becoming in practice who you are in position. Okay. This is a future now, future now statement becoming, we are becoming 
in the future, in practice, in our behavior, in our, in our actions of every day, mm-hmm. who we already are in position. The idea here is that I, I fulfill a role, all right? And whatever that role is, that is, that is the position that I'm in. We'll apply this to sports. We'll apply it to working. We'll apply it to our, our spiritual life, you know, our, our relationship with the, with the Father. We'll, we'll, we can apply this across all of the roles that we are in in life. The question becomes, is there evidence today in my activity that proves the position that I'm playing? Meaning the way that I go about my daily practice, if anybody was watching me, could they tell that I am in X? Could they tell that I'm in whatever position that's in? Right. So that's the whole idea. And then later on, we can get to an acronym on what practice really means. It's because practice, the word practice is an actual acronym. But mm-hmm. The idea is I, I grew up very physical in my life. Very, very, very physical. Um, and so, you know, activity on the farm, activity in sports, activity, whatever I could do. Mm-hmm. I could practice all kinds of stuff. But did I know what position I was in when I was doing all that stuff? Absolutely not. And had I known the position, how would that have changed the way I go about my practice? So that's the concept that we're dealing with. If you okay. if you take that into corporate America, then you have the concept of a CEO or a you know a business owner. All right. Well, what what are the daily practices of a business owner? What are the daily practices of a salesperson? What are the daily practices of an HR professional? Mm-hmm. Those each have a different set of practices. Right. So we have what we what I call foundational practices. These like these are truth across all positions. And then you have your specific position practice. And and the idea is have you become on a daily basis, enough of that person in that position mm-hmm. to warrant an accusation, a loving accusation that says, wow, you, you're behaving like a CEO. You're behaving like a salesperson or oh, in mm-hmm. that industry. That's my job title. I'm supposed to behave that way. Yeah. Right. If we, if we look at that as it relates to sports, then we look at the coach who put so-and-so you know, in the position of tight end. You know, when I was coaching football, no offense to all the brilliant fathers out there, but when I was coaching football, most of the fathers that I had kind of struggled with were the ones who were telling me, uh, my son needs to play quarterback. Well, that's great. I'm happy to have your son play quarterback. But the truth is we got six of them in front of him right now, and he looks like a tight end. So... (laughs) I, as the coach, am going to assign him. If he wants to get on the field, then I am going to assign him to a position called tight end, and I am going to have him practice tight end things, not quarterback things. Mm-hmm. And if our other six quarterbacks get hurt, then we'll put him in at quarterback. So that's a truth that we don't always like to hear. Yeah. Right? right. But that's also a truth across – our role in the body of Christ, the creator has put us in a position. We are in Christ. We are called to Christ and in Christ, we are given assignments, Mm -hmm. right? I don't want that assignment. I want to be Mm -hmm. a hero. 
I don't want, I mean, I don't. So wait a minute. Are we telling the creator that his business is not set up correctly and we're trying to give him some consulting? I don't Mm -hmm. think so. I don't think that's going to work real well. I mean, I can attest to that. I, I spent many years telling God all of my ideas about what I, how I think he should use me. Yeah. And his response was, ah, well, we'll, 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 we'll just let you do something stupid and break your spine. <laughs> and then maybe that'll get your attention. <sighs> but eventually you did, you know, you, when you surrendered the ice cream walk, you know, and, and figured out really what you were, what you felt like the right position for you was, it seemed like you, you got clarity on that, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are in the position they they will say, you know, this is the position I have. It's been a, it's a blessing, and I want to, you know, do it to the best of my ability. But sometimes they feel like they're maybe in the wrong position, like what you said, and they weren't feeling that passion or that mm-hmm. energy, or felt like God was stirring them in another way. What would you say to someone in that situation? I, I would say pay very close attention to that. Take a lot of notes on the sensitivity to that stirring. If you feel that you're being stirred in another direction. Um, take a lot of notes on the sensitivity to that stirring, compare those notes to the truth of the scripture Mm -hmm. and wait, uh, (laughs) don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry to jump because, and the reason I say that is because if we go back to the coaching analogy, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes people think it's going to be a lot easier to score a touchdown than they think it's going to be. It is to score a touchdown. And sometimes you got to learn to take a hit. Yeah. Um, right. So there may be an intentional struggle that God is trying to bring you through instead of short circuit for you or take you around. He might be actually right. trying to bring you through a struggle because he's preparing you for something in another assignment. But you need to suffer better in the assignment that you're currently in. Yeah, totally. For sure. Yeah. And a lot of times that's when we learn the most, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if, uh, if every, if every run was on a flat surface, what would I not be training? I wouldn't be training the, I wouldn't be training my legs in the proper way with a well-rounded workout. Mm -hmm. So, exactly. So, uh, that's so good. And when we get to, you know, you talked a lot about practice. I'm excited to, you know, have you talk a little bit about the importance of practice and, and kind of how we relate, uh, you know, practicing where we are in that position. So let's go there because there's there's some great, great stuff that you presented to the guys. Yeah, absolutely. So practice as an acronym, I'll just, I'll kind of throw out the acronym first. Practice, the P, yeah. pray, start with prayer. Before you, before you think about practice at, in a physical, you got to start praying. And, and I'm, when I'm talking about, when I'm praying, um, I love, I love the Psalms, especially that David wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, David pretty much doesn't hold back on every emotion that he throws out there. Many of those are praises. Many of those are prayers. He's letting God have it. He's just telling God what's on his mind, what he's struggling with the whole bit. But he's doing that in a mm-hmm. in a position of reverence and respect to the Lord. And he always comes back to, nevertheless, I will worship you. Nevertheless, I will follow you. I'm really, I'm really upset right now, God, but nevertheless, you are great and I will work, you know, whatever. Right. Okay. Well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to passionately practice, I'm going to leave it all out there. I'm going to put it all out on the field, so to speak. Right. So I'm going to pray as if I expect God to start to release and awaken my calling. 
pray to release and awaken your calling. That's the prac, P-R-A-C, of mm-hmm. practice. Pray to release and awaken your calling. All right? So I am called to Christ. I have an assignment as soon as that happens. My assignment may last 30 days, may last 30 years. Christ is the one who helps me determine the length of that. Pray mm-hmm. to release and awaken your calling. Now, my calling in certain language as it relates to the word practice is going to be around teaching, inspiring, coaching, and engaging. I'm going to, I'm going to model my, my, my uh, practice. I'm going to teach others. I'm going to influence others. I'm going to interact with others. I'm going to learn from others. There's a teaching component to my, to my calling. There's an inspirational component. The Holy Spirit is inspiring me to bring glory to God. And in doing so, that should be inspiring my brothers that are on my team. Hmm. Absolutely. I am going to coach, whether I'm a player on the field or I'm a coach on the sidelines in the analogy, right? I am going to coach. I'm going to coach myself. I believe that the Holy Spirit is the best coach we ever had because he's working from the inside out. Hmm. And that is going to help me engage the people in my marketplace, whether that is in my ministry, whether that's in my church, whether that's in, you know, ABC company, whatever, because I believe I personally believe the Bible has a lot of wisdom for that speaks to us about how we are to conduct ourselves in every position that we humans have ever created in the marketplace. And there's tons and we can't do have time for it, but there's tons and tons of scripture that allows us to get in and say, okay, stop practicing these things, start practicing these things. Hmm. And that, you know, I know when we were at the retreat, I think I provided roughly 22 passages of scripture that had the word practice actually in the passage. Well, Yeah. Don't practice these anymore. You're a new creation. You're in a new position. Stop doing this. Start doing that. Yeah. So good. I love that. So walk us through the whole thing. Pray to release, awaken, calling, teach, inspire, coach, and engage. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And and we, we often get it a little bit out of order because we, I just say, I, I, Mm -hmm. I think I might have something so important to say that I might need to consult or advise God on some changes that I'm getting ready to make in my life. And I got to think, wait a minute, I got to go back to practice. I got to go back to pray first so that Mm -hmm. he can release and awaken my calling. I got to be paying attention to what he's releasing and awakening for me. Mm Mm-hmm. I love a good acronym. And then you even took it the next step to the acronym of practicing hard. Yes. Yeah. Which is what you're saying to not just be about you, but to listen. Correct. Correct. So the concept of hard practice hard, right? Is who comes to practice expecting it to be easy. That person's probably not going to be on the team very long. Mm. Um, And I think the Bible talks about that as it relates to the condition of the soil. So back to the dirt, you know, these people thought it was going to be easy. Heck, I'll I'll accept Christ right away. Oh, I am. I am. The thorns are overrunning me. I'm I'm not going to produce anything. So we have to we have to understand how hard this can be. And hard Mm. is an acronym for hear, hearing. You know, the Israelites became dull of hearing because they would not pay attention to the word of God. 
How prevalent is that in my life today? How prevalent is that in the church today? Uh, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that passage from the word of God because that passage is really hard for me to hear. So I'm going to cut that out and I'm not going to listen to that. And eventually I'm going to be dull of hearing. So I can't even hear the coach's play that he called. Right. So I have to hear from the word of God so that I can ask the Lord in my prayer. What is my role in this? I'm going to hear something from the Lord. I want you to go and make disciples. Okay, I heard that. What's my role in that? I'm going to ask him so that I'm in a, now I'm in a position to receive my assignment hmm. so that I can go do my assignment. There you go. And that's that's it, right? That's awesome. <laughs> Man, it's so good. Um, I love that the, the the player in you, the coach in you is, is showing up in this way. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is awesome. it, that is, that is definitely a part of what God restored. I will tell you yeah. that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Really good. Well, I appreciate, uh, you know, going through that and you had some great notes and some great, a lot of great scripture references on practicing and on calling, mm -hmm. um, that will, again, we'll post to the, uh, the show notes of, which is for anybody listening is on, it's at our website, which is the ISILife.com. And they can just go to your episode and, and grab some of these things, which should be, mm -hmm. and learn more about Brent. But, um, you know, as we, uh, as we start to kind of wrap up a little bit, um, you know, outside of your actual presentation, some things we always like to get to know, like the person a little bit more too, you know, for you. And I think I might know the answer to some, most of this question, but for you, when you think about joy, uh, what makes you smile other than riding around the tractor and thinking mm -hmm. about all those things, um, what brings you the most joy? Well, I can tell you that 30 years ago, I wrote something down on a piece of paper as I was trying to formulate the thoughts around my business. And uh, when I see somebody wake up to who God created them to be, whether I'm in the room or not, I can tell you that's one of the most joyous probably times in my life. Oh, yeah. Um, like oh what, what I wrote down that day was I believe that God has called and equipped me to wake people up to their potential in Christ. Hmm. And when I get to see that happen, the joy is uh, it's uh, it's unreal. I've I, I've seen that happen. Um in my family. Uh, I've seen it happen with my children. Uh, I've seen that happen with clients kind of all over the country. I've mm -hmm. seen that happen in times that I, it, it, it blows me away, but that is, uh, that the, because I know the presence of God is there. I know mm -hmm. that he is the one who's doing that. He is the one who's at work there, but mm -hmm. for whatever reason, he has allowed me to see it happen. Yeah. He's given you the gift to, you know, ask the right questions, coach people in the way that helps them understand it and find it. Right. I, I, I you know, a story about that just as it relates to football, just one that yeah. comes to mind is we had a little a guy named Ricky. Ricky never caught a pass all year long, never caught a pass in practice, never caught a pass in a game, never caught a pass. Ricky says, I'll never catch a pass. And as the coach, I said, I am not going to stop throwing to you because, son, one of these days you're going to catch the ball. Yeah. Ricky caught the winning touchdown pass in a game that we won nine to six one year. Oh, Had Ricky sweet. not caught that pass, we would have lost six to three. Ricky caught, <laughs> caught one pass all year. You know, when he That's hugged amazing. me, when he hugged me as his coach, I knew that he believed something that he never believed before. Hmm. How now, is take, that? take that and put it into the scripture, put that into our disciple making, put that into the life mm -hmm. of a young man or a middle aged man or whatever, and watch him come alive in Christ. Mm 
it doesn't even compare to that story about football. It's so much greater than that. Man, that's so awesome. Very cool. I'd say that would bring bring you some joy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. What about books? Um, any Anything you're reading right now or one, you know, book over the last however long that's really meant something to you? Yeah, I, I just finished reading a book a while back, about a couple months ago, called Out, Out of the Fourth Place. Uh, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that book or not, Out of the Fourth no. Place. No. Like family, home is the first place. Work is the second place. Public is the third place. And church is the fourth place. And the premise of the book is we got to get the church out of the fourth place. (laughs) We got to get the church out of the building because the church is not the building. The church is supposed to leave the building and go out into the other three places of our society and be the church, do the church. Mm. And so it's a pretty compelling book, I believe, about what it could look like if we just left the building full, you know, full of the spirit acting like we're the church. Mm. That's awesome. That sounds um, like a great read. Another another uh, book that I'm uh, in the middle of is the uh, I guess it's called the Five Q. Um, yeah, it's called Five Q, and it's the five main giftings, uh, apostolic giftings. And I'm trying to understand maybe how that applies to my life. And then I'm I'm just getting ready to start a book by uh, uh, Rex Kern. From my Ohio State days, Rex Kern, yeah. who wrote a book yeah. about his life and uh, kind of a fun story with that is my bro- my older brothers taught me how to play football. They never had the opportunity that I had. I went they, they grew up listening to Rex Kern play football. I just got an autographed book from Rex Kern and he autographed it to me and my brothers. <laughs> so kind of a cool thing that I'm able to give back to them. Now, when they come visit, they can read they can read his handwriting back to them, which is kind of fun. Oh, wow. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Kind of fun. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I know you have a lot of verses that we'll share, but for you, is there a, a life verse that you keep front and center that, that you kind of use to guide you along the way? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm not the smartest guy on the planet and I need a lot of help. So I'm, I'm often in uh, Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. If there's any evil in me, I add something to it. I know I'm not supposed to, but add to it. If there's any evil in me, rip it out and then lead me in the way everlasting. You know, yeah. Remove the evil from me, Lord, so that you can lead me in the way everlasting. So that's one of my constant verses. It's constantly in front of me. Um, And then the other one is if I. If I really want to understand the truth of life and how things work, then I have to remember John 14, 6, that he, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that was the verse that got me on my knees back in April of 1990. Hmm. That's the ice cream cone verse. There you right go. There. Right. Oh, man. I still awesome. like ice cream, too. It's, but it's, yeah. Liking ice cream at my age now is a little bit of a problem. <laughs> it's got to be yeah in moderation that could be on your uh, on your 32 acre farm that could be the ice cream stand yes uh, there you go 14, 14 <laughs> awesome well uh brent just you know thank you for you know being an isi guy and and living it out and you know making it your your life's work and passion to help others find their calling it's uh it's awesome i'm glad to have you know really honored to have connected with you and have you share 30 minutes of your wisdom with us today. So thanks again. Appreciate you, Nick. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Absolutely. Want to close this down in prayer? Sure. I'll be happy to. 
Father, thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for even things like technology. Don't take for granted how you created us and what you have gifted us to build. So we thank you for the opportunity to connect. I pray blessings for anyone who hears this, who listens, God, that you would be instrumental in their life, that you would be invading, invasive in their life, that you would come make them yours even more so than they already are. Uh, remind them who they are in you, Lord, and uh, make the assignments very clear for them. And, and, and make the assignments as always. It's going to be about your glory and your work. Help us be about your business, Father. Thank you for ISI and all they do. I pray, pray, pray blessings on them and every person they touch for your glory. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Brent. He is awesome, has a ton of firepower. And like I mentioned earlier, there's uh, all this is noted on the ISILife.com, the website. Uh, you can go to his uh, podcast particular episode and listen to the episode, share it with others, or just grab some of the notes, the scriptures, the questions, and some of the stuff that was actually in the workbook from the retreat there. But the main thing I wanted to just, you know, that I took away was this awesome acronym of practice hard. Uh, practice hard in the position you have. And so the P, pray, R, release, A is awaken, C is calling, teach, I is inspire, C is coach and engage. So pray to release and awaken your calling to teach, inspire, coach, and engage. Love that. Uh, And then practice, not just practice, but practice hard. And the hard stands for to hear, to ask, to receive, and do. So I think that's the action you can take um, to further practice your position. Or if you're feeling like, is this my calling? Uh, Doing that process, going through that is going to help you really understand your calling and to practice hard in the position that God has for you. So hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening in. Uh, Hope this helped you stay sharp and sharpen others by sharing this podcast um, or inviting or attending one of our upcoming 24-hour retreats. So thanks for listening in. Um, Stay sharp and God bless.